0: Kraken Fancast, presented by Silver City Brewery, the podcast for Seattle Kraken
1: fans by Seattle Kraken fans.
0: Release the Kraken.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 20. 20, can you count them? Wow, 20 already uh, of Kraken Fancast brought to you by Silver City Brewery. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues Jim Carkell and Nathan Gunderson for some Kraken Game discussion and beyond. Uh, Kraken Fancast releases episodes approximately every two weeks. On our program, we of course discuss all subject matter about the National Hockey League's newest team, the Seattle Kraken. We share news about the team, analyze their play, and go over various team related news. We'll also at times present interviews with people involved with the team as well as the fan community. Plus, we aim to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on other Kraken related podcasts. We like to start off. As always, by acknowledging our very kind and generous sponsors, particularly our presenting sponsor, Silver City Brewery. Located in Bremerton, their beer sold throughout the state of Washington and beyond. Beer for one, beer for all. Silver City is an all-inclusive Northwest craft beer adventure in every pint. Also, big thanks to the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey-themed bar, located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. And also we thank Mojito, serving the best, the very best of Latin American and Cuban food in the Seattle area, bringing together amazing food, amazing people. Check them out at mojitoseattle.com. All right. Since our last episode, which was an incredible episode, it was so much fun to talk with Rod Masters, the organist of Your Seattle Kraken, of course, also as a featured organist in the famous cult and and, and stellar movie slapshot we had we had a really great time uh speaking with him and you know a lot of great talk that we had uh with with these guys and loot and everybody but lots happened since then lots happened or a lot a lot of this has happened oh my god what a losing streak folks we've just been seeing seven losses since our recording day seven Lost to Winnipeg and Winnipeg was a long road trip. Well, a little bit of not a long, I guess, but a little bit of a road trip there. Lost to Winnipeg, started all off five to three. Then lost to Calgary, two to one, which was arguably, we may talk about this later, was arguably one of Grubauer's best games. I feel like the guy stopped 100 shots. It wasn't that many, but it was a lot of shots. But offense was non existent that game. So what are you going to do? They lose to Calgary, two to one. Then they go over to Vancouver. It's supposed to be our our arch rivals. Well, we're gonna to have to work on that one. Uh, lost to Vancouver five to two again, uh, and then came back home lost to the New York Islanders at home five to two. Uh, hello, am I stuttering? No, it's five to two, two times in a row, and then well, this was an entertaining game, particularly for me and Jim, um, as some of you know, we we're originally and still Boston Bruins fans, and uh, it was great to see the Bruins make a uh, a trip, make a visit to Seattle. First time in history. And the Kraken gave him a good game. Again, second time. They gave him a really good game back in Boston. And this was a really good game, too. Overtime. That was my wish. I got my wish come true. I wanted to see an overtime game so at least a Kraken or somebody could get a, a point. And then we'd get to see more hockey. And we did. It was a great game. Uh, Boston won, though, 3-2. Uh, to two. And then, uh, well, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, the Kraken are turning things around like they do. They go through these little losing streaks and then kind of bounce back. But no, never mind. They go to San Jose and lose to the Sharks three to one. Coming up after this recording, uh, they are going to be playing Nashville at home. And then they're back on the road. And this time it's for a long trip, five game road trip, starting in Washington which yours truly will be at I'll tell you a little bit about that in a little while there will be a little bit of a on the on the scene road correspondent here I'll be in DC and I'll be going to that game really psyched for it uh they start off there then they go off to carolina and then up to canada toronto ottawa and montreal so uh jeez jim what you know what the hell i know there's been some other things you know uh, jared mccann has been been out uh, recently we've been still waiting for schwartz to come back but everybody else has been there what the heck
0: yeah i don't even know where to start it's been kind of a no i'm serious yeah Uh, it's been kind of a blur you know and but i feel like we've been here before with this up and down long streak stuff but this is this one's long You said seven, uh, and it's also eight of the last 10. There were some good efforts in all of those games you mentioned, and that Western Canadian swing was a little tougher than I thought it would be. I was hoping we'd pull away with at least one win through that run. And then that Isles battle, one thing I want to talk about uh, pregame on that, it was really nice to see the whole Barzell return thing uh, for the locals. Uh, I, I went down there early, wanted to be part of the warmups and check him out. And I was obviously doing a lot of ISO on him and I was just really impressed with his demeanor and his, he was genuinely super happy. He kept scanning the crowd, uh, looking for people he knew he'd seen in the past, you know, at, at show wear over the years. And he was, yeah, he was the I mean, he
1: former Seattle Thunderbird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he was awesome, man. He was going out of his way to flip pucks and, and get to kids and, and waving at people in the crowd he wasn't just waving just general people he was spotting people he remembered you know he had a good connection here he had a good junior career not just a two year career he had a good career because he came in as a the young bantam in the draft anyway that was really cool but uh, i was disappointed in the game because you know we'd beat them three to nothing that was our first shutout when we were back there in new york on or in their new arena that was built by uh the Same Oakville group, by the way. So that was very disappointing. That should be a win in the paper. Um, And then, of course, our little venture with our group of people that uh, we gather every year to either do road trips to Vancouver to go see the Bruins or what have you. But it's surely nice to only have to travel for me 38 miles and for you about four blocks (laughs) to see our our Boston Bruins and get together with about 30 of our friends at a local pub and prearranged. And make a full-on day of it. I and, really and just the we-
1: full disclosure, m- the vast majority of those Bruins fans are also Kraken fans. But this they, is they, they go with the old school team, obviously.
0: Yes, this is true. But it was it was cool to finally have our own moment. Uh, I was only hoping it was a weekend game just to make it, you know, more fun and, and unlimited time together with a lot of people we don't get to see
1: normally. A lot of um, Bruins fans there. I just to go on a little tangent was, uh, and I don't obviously I don't know the exact numbers, but I to me. I don't know if it was the most visiting fans, uh, visiting team fans, but probably top three. It was way up there. I, for I instance, think Canu- Canucks and Blackhawks fans. I remember there were a lot on those two. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. We It's almost like you can't count the Canucks though right now, you know, being so close and all. Yeah. But then with the whole COVID protocol on the borders, they still had a good turnout, obviously. Yeah, them, yeah so. that's right. But right. there is still a lot of, you know what? There's still a lot of Northwest and Seattle people that will be fans
1: for, of Vancouver all along, so... Sure. Although, you know, one thing I got asked a lot was uh, from a number of people, um, people think, oh, is it going to feel like a, you know, like you're there at the TD Garden, like it's going to be the Bruins? Because, I mean, sometimes with the Mariners or, you know, some other team that's doing poorly, you see a lot of, you know, visiting fans and it feels like it's a home home game for the away team. Right. That is not the case, folks, uh, in, in Seattle. I mean, yes, there are a lot of opposing fans. But still, way more Kraken fans. So, the rest assured, uh, Kraken fans is, uh, you know, pe- people are holding their own. The 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 away yeah. team is not taken over.
0: Although I do feel, I was when I went to the Toronto game, uh, you know, what ten days before that or whatever it was, I expected one of the biggest crowds for that from a visitor. Um, the Bruins easily blew that away. Yeah, easily. they did.
1: Yeah. And totally. I think it's probably a can't, can't getting over from Canada thing, I, I think. is Yeah, I, I guess.
0: But I was totally impressed with the turnout. It felt way larger than even when we go to Vancouver. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It really yeah. did. And it was just a fun game. And I got some special hookups. And I was actually able to go down to uh, the uh, club section. And uh, got, got to see some cool things. And I actually, Charlie McAvoy, flipped a nice little uh, warm-up puck over the glass. And I happened to get it. And I, I tell you this right now. I looked around, I did not see any kids remotely close, so I just said, "Well, <laughs> I guess it's going in my pocket."
1: You were not that, <laughs> that guy that grabbed it out of the candy out of the kids' hands. Huh? Okay. Right.
0: Well, I mean, but that's the way that that's the one drawback I have on the design of that building is it's the clubs run up and down that whole side. Yeah. And you know, unless you got big coin, you're you're not going to be in that situation. So most of the kids are behind the glass by the the D- Datatronics lights, hoping that it comes through that little gap of the the netting there, you know. But anyway, cool night, really cool night, and then um, of course that San Jose thing was a that was a very upsetting game for me considering how bad we outshot them.
1: Early. Way more, yeah,
0: yeah, outshot them. Plus, they blocked uh, twenty shots on top of that, so that's sixty shots fired in the general direction. And Reimer stole that game. Nobody talks about that. People will, a lot of times will say, well, come on guys. Grubauer can't do everything. Well, reanalyze the game. He played decent, but man, Reimer
1: stole that game, you know? And there are people think Reimer's, you know, uh, washed up. This is the thing that's so interesting about goalies. They could seem like "Eh, they don't have quite what they had before and they can still pull it through. Hence Reimer's still working. So.
0: Yes. I mean, I don't know how many clubs he's been on, but I guess I got to look it up now. I think of him as a
1: maple leaf more than anything, but uh, yeah, he's bounced around. He's been around now. I got to go look at the database. on <laughs> yeah. Nathan, you, yeah. Speaking of the Bruins again, Nathan was with me. We were, we had uh, some good seats on that one and uh got, got to go down uh, pregame and see, see his stuff. Yeah. You,
2: know. uh, you were nice enough for my birthday to let me uh, come right. check out the Bruins. It's
1: a bucket list
2: team of mine that I've wanted to see for a long time. Uh, not to butter uh, your biscuits, the two of you, but I was impressed with everything I saw with Boston. You know, it was a good game, but, you know, when I'm there, I get to kind of analyze the passing a little bit more between both teams. What's the opposite team doing that we might not be doing? What can we improve on? They're just, they're really fluid team. I was really surprised. And uh, I was even more surprised that it was such a close game throughout the whole thing, obviously. And we went to overtime and, and uh, Chris, I remember you saying something to the effect of, uh, I hope, I hope there's overtime. And I said, not going to happen, not going to happen. We're going to win. And then boom, it was overtime. And you were so happy that overtime didn't take long, unfortunately. And uh, Boston won, but we had a good time. It was good to see Jim and uh, Jay. And you guys said that you met up with a bunch of people. I didn't get to do that. I, maybe next time, but I appreciate you taking me. That was, that was a great time.
1: Yeah. All good, buddy. Yeah. No, it was great. You know, got to get have, you know, fan cash represent for sure. And it was, yeah. And you know, you, you touched on something there, Nathan, and, and Jim and you and I have talked about it too, that, you know, obviously we're cracking fans and we're analyzing the team and watching them closely, but you know, we're also NHL fans and, you know, Jim, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, uh when Toronto was in town and you were you just took a little set time aside and just watched Austin Matthews and you know, skating and and what he was doing. Uh I was, you know, looking at certain things, you know, in, in other games in the past where i am just like to I'm just gonna wait here. I'm just gonna well, for the next couple of minutes, just watch this guy and just see what they're doing. And Nathan, you mentioned about the Bruins too. I mean, obviously I'm looking at a lot of different elements of that game since I intimately know both teams. And sometimes this is the thing with the inconsistency of the Kraken. Sometimes we see this, but just not enough, but man, the Christmas of the passing, like Boston just leaves like, you know, and, and other teams too, where they just, you know, Pittsburgh and some other teams we've seen that come into town. It's like, oh man they're like a machine they just like you have like eyes behind them you know backs and yeah just see this fluidity and cracking it's just like could we see that more often
2: well i mean for guys like us and many of the people that listen and watch um good hockey is good hockey it doesn't necessarily mean we have to be you know fans of that team or whatever good hockey is fun to watch and when you see a team even if it's the opposing team you're like man did you just see that you know why can't we do that it makes the game more impressive just to see these guys who are true true athletes making some amazing plays uh passes skating deeks, fakes everything It just you know goaltending it just makes that way more intriguing to watch especially when your team is playing like poop i gotta say, uh going back to the the chris plays and passes uh, let's not forget that first
0: five minutes of the bruins cracking game had that double minor and the minor so five on three so the cracking were killing you know the first five minutes of that game they did as much as that puck was moving around in the zone they did a nice job i mean i was banking on goals there for sure the way they were moving it but that brings up the point that the the PK has been pretty good uh, last couple of games for sure. They've been under pressure, uh, they've been holding them off. Uh, that's the one positive for now. Well,
2: there's another positive. I found some food in the arena that I really enjoyed. It was mac and cheese, like white oh, mac yeah. and cheese, and they put pulled pork on top. I oh. ate twice, sitting next to Chris. He's like, "You're eating again? I'm hungry, man." But yeah, every time I go, I find something new, and I'm just
0: you know, I'm glad I you brought that. go
2: just for the food now.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because that is the one item I have not had yet. And I see it every once in a while. There was a gal in front of me in the row having that, but she had like a ton of bacon bits sitting on top. And I thought, Oh boy, what do we got there?
2: Right, right outside <laughs> of 108.
0: Oh, I know what yeah. it is. I've seen oh, yeah. it. I'm, unfortunately, I've always had something prior to that. It's kind of like when I go there, I ask Chris, I've got my ritual. He knows it. He he gives me crap about it, actually, and I can live with it. I mean, I got to get in early. I got to get my get that soda the, the bottle. Yeah, yeah, my free wall of soda or whatever, water. <laughs> and then I, 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 I usually stand uh, at one of those bar seats so I can stand up and eat and not make a mess on a jersey or something. Uh, and then I do warm ups. But uh, I've tried about everything in there except for that. And I will do that. And I just know that whenever I explain to somebody about the food in that place, I just tell them no matter what, just know that it's going to cost you $15 to eat in there.
1: Oh, you're just going to be dumping money. Yeah don't don't <laughs> I, even don't even try not to think no, about I, it.
0: No, no, I know. I just I just like saying that because it's like when I see my statement after every game, it's exactly <laughs> the same every
1: game. You're like, oh my god, what did I go to a strip club? How much do I blow here? Oh my like, god. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't had the mac and cheese either yet. I also have not done the, I don't know if it's Thai or Pan Asian, but there's like some Asian food uh, That's yeah. in one corner. I haven't gone there yet. And I haven't actually, I'm one of the few people having, because usually I'm like, it's been a line. I'm like, I'll do it next time. The uh, big chicken, Shaquille O'Neal's big chicken. I still haven't done that yet, but. uh, I like it. Yeah, I hear good things. Yeah, you know, so, so working on that. But uh, yeah, you know, it's been such a great experience. I mean, we're past the halfway point, uh, you know, two two months left of games here. Um, And now it's just like, you know, can they, you know, look a little better like toward this, this last stretch or not. I mean, I was looking at, I was thinking there was this, Perception that I, you know, others have had, and that's kind of rubbed off on me. I'm thinking, oh my God, that these guys do better on the road than home. But ballpark, it's kind of the same. So, you know, it, I, I don't, I don't know. But uh, you know, it kind of goes to a uh, little transition here to our, you know, messages for the deep. We've got, a, we've got a couple of things here, uh, and one has something to do with the hockey, and one doesn't. And, and and but they touch on things that we just. Talked about before. I mean, we went on this last episode a little bit, but we've got a we got one question, guys. Give us give us some of your trade predictions. Who will be let go in the coming days? Trade trade deadline soon. Uh, there are some good Kraken players that other teams should be wanting. What if anything is going to happen? Yeah, it is coming up soon. Um, you know, the 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 Kraken are sellers, but they're only gonna I would think you know only gonna sell if they're gonna get something really good back, and we still haven't seen a whole lot of deals yet and how how many more weeks we got guys a couple weeks uh march 21 okay almost almost three yeah so what
0: are you thinking chris what do you what's what keeps coming to your head a couple players uh off the Um, roster or phil
1: well you know it's uh obviously you know it's gonna have to be somebody who's attractive has done something you know like you like you you know we were talking about uh (laughs) Like, like, I don't think it's uh, – even though I think he's a, a, a decent player and everything, but, you know, some guys, like, you had mentioned, like, you know, when Geeky when scored a, ga- a goalie of the game, it's like, oh, Geeky finally did something because it's just, you know, hey, what? It's not going to be those guys. Like, Yarncroft no. has looked really good uh, recently. I was really unimpressed with him at the beginning of the season, and then later I'm like, okay, this is the guy I've been waiting for, and he's been looking solid. Not a star player. He's not a McCann or you know, or or you know, Tanne or some of the you know the more star guys. But I could see if I'm a GM from another team that's on the bubble, or maybe above the bubble, but needs some extra something there, a little more offense. Here's some some draft choices or whatever, or, or here here's one guy in a draft choice for Yarunkrock. I could see I could see somebody grabbing him. Everybody always needs some defense. I do not want them to let go of Larson, nor do I think they would. And I don't want them to let go of Susie, Susie, Dunn, Lazon, Somebody needs somebody scrappy toward the end there. Lazon shows some scrappiness. He shows some inconsistent play, but I could see some of those guys being, you know, tethered there as, as, as potentials. That's what comes to my mind. What about you guys? Yeah. I, I would agree with boy, boy, Cali. Um, I
0: mean, he's got one UFA remaining.
1: He oh, had, Johansson. The, I forgot Johansson. I could say Oh, yeah.
0: That's it's, on. Like, I think oh, he's right. walking. I think he's walking anyway. He's at that phase of his career where he's signing every year with another club, Johansson. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he's he's good for that at his salary. Anybody with term by that, I mean, anybody over three years on this club, it's pretty safe with the exception of maybe somebody like a Wenberg could go.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I for see for a guy
0: that's that's got some term something like that. He's
1: been kind of quiet. I mean, he's an, he's an assistant. Okay. He, he's just been the biggest, yeah. he's just been the biggest. Okay. Guy. Sometimes right, he, right. He, gets, he gets some assists, but I, he
0: doesn't yeah. me away. I agree. Um, but so most of the guys with term are going to be safe for sure. As far as the questionables, Cali for sure. Last 20 games, he's been the player actually, the most consistent player on the club. So his stock is up. I don't know what they'll get for it. And, of course, everybody talks about the Geo deal. I'm still not convinced on
1: that, guys. I'm I, not either. I should also I, say you know, another one that could be, could could be, but I don't know. I don't think he's played that well enough this year that other teams are going to want him, but Don Skoy. Uh, unless there's oh, a yeah, like well, no, former Don, coach yeah, of his at somewhere that could use him again. But No, I agree. Um, Don maybe Skoy, Colorado would want him back for something?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how attractive he is to other yeah. clubs right now. I mean, they pay attention to slumps. Trust me. Yep. <laughs>
1: but, well, sometimes some guys end up, you know. I know. Going back to the Taylor Hall like revived his career just getting with some good, you know. You get on the right team and the right chemistry. Kind of. You can look different. I mean,
0: yeah, but he was with Buffalo for crying out like, you know. Yeah, no, just, nobody looked good at it with
1: Buffalo. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, and plus two years before that, he won the this uh, Con Smythe or whatever. So, not consummate the. Uh, Whatever, you know what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, he got a tro- big trophy that yeah, he got barely a really fit ass- on his shelf <laughs> a big part- yeah. participation
0: trophy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, um, back to the geo thing, I'm still not convinced on that just because you know people are banking on the whole he's not happy here. I have yet to see that, I've yet to hear it or see it. Well, so, what about the not performing part? His performance has been about what it's expected, to be honest
2: with you. What was Did it one goal his- in twenty games? No, you've got to look at some stats, boy.
1: Plus, he's old. I'm,
2: I'm pretty sure that uh, if he doesn't pick it up, though, there might be a little bit more chatter in the next three it weeks. Does, it doesn't matter. His his salary's going down
0: fifty to sixty percent, no matter what in a year. Or so, yeah. where, wherever he ends up. Yeah, so. I mean, how much
1: longer is he going to play? That's that's a uh, you know
0: uh, two years max. I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, I agree I with know. that completely.
0: But other than those that we mentioned, I think that's kind of it. The guys, uh, the
1: guys I want them to keep. I don't want them to touch. And I, you know, no, no, there's no guarantee on anything. But guys I want to really see stay in a cracking uniform. McCann, Schwartz, Eberly, I guess Gord, unless somebody offered really something great for him. Donato, like certain guys who are like more gray area, guys who would, like maybe not like big stars, but there's something about the chemistry with them. i I've, I've always been happy with donato and no not just because he's a boston guy i mean i really feel like he fits where larson and susie and um and i think also even though he's been a little beggar like i i I still like back blackwell in there anybody else you know show me the money show me the deal go for it but those guys i really don't want them personally i don't want them to touch the
0: donato thing i'm with you and general consensus when i've talked to people they agree because looking at his career this has been you know his more clutch combination here for chemistry yeah, clutch
1: that's a good way to put it yeah
0: so i think that's a general consensus if you you know if you had to take a handful of players other than the obvious uh he would
1: be in that, that oh group. yeah and tan so, yeah. i didn't mention he's just because he's out now but obviously i want to keep him so
0: nathan here we go you ready uh mark giordano 49 games, six goals, 17 assists, 23 points, 41 penalty minutes. He's clipping on almost a 0.5 point production for a defenseman at his age
2: is to be expected. So that's, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that train. I don't want to see him go. Well, I, I, I just, I don't think it's about so much
0: about that as is he's producing not, not incredible, but I mean, he's, he's old. I mean, he's doing okay. I think he's a good leader no matter what. Uh, everybody seems to think he's going. I still, from day one, have said, I don't know about that yet. I don't think you can give much to be honest with you.
2: Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, two years tops. And my list is a little bit wider as far as who I keep just because I want to, you know, this season's kind of a one-off just because this season didn't pan out. doesn't mean that next year won't, but you know, at the same token, you're, you have to build wins. It's not, Building brand and likability so much between players and fans and all the socials and everything else. It's about wins and uh, who's playing as a team, who's not. I want to. I want to make sure that Yanni Gord is at least here for one more year. He to me is like a little uh, another uh, Marshan. He keeps things chippy. He keeps things exciting.
0: Wouldn't it be cool if he could produce points like Marshan?
2: Uh, I'm sure
1: that would be much better. I think he's he's capable of it, but there's something. I don't know. Something's off. Like with It's the team. Things. Yeah, we'll see. But, I mean,
2: what about goaltending? I mean, uh, it, can we talk about that for a second? Or who let's, of, talk about two, let's talk about goaltending. Let's talk about goaltending. Out of the two, who would you keep if you had to get rid of one and don't, don't sugarcoat it? Reality versus
0: Dream World or what? Whatever you want. Dream World, they're both available. Um, reality, Gruber is not going anywhere because of his yeah. contract.
2: Yeah, he's Um, he's here for five,
0: right? Huh? He's here for five? Yeah, five, nine for
1: Well, I mean, they could still go ahead and load him, but it's just a hit, you know? Yeah, but they got to keep him for at least a bit, maybe not all five years. No, maybe three
0: max. Yeah. I mean, unless he stands on his head and is like, whoa, look at this guy, Vesna dude all of a sudden. Dreger, he still hasn't played enough yet for us to really get a good take on him, right? Agreed. And, and every, it's funny because every time a game starts or I happen to pre-read a, the notes on the game and, and stuff and find out the group are starting, I'm always like, geez, are they ever going to give Dredger another start? It's like...
1: I thought Chris was going to play last game. I really did.
0: I did too. I And I'm thinking that's just weird to me. And I know there's the old, okay, the guy's not doing well. Let's let's play him till he gets hot. Cool. We got him there. And then all of a sudden he gets cold. Okay. Other guy comes in type of deal. Back and forth, back and forth. All of a sudden, you got Grubauer's confidence back because his games the last three or four have been pretty darn yeah, good.
1: Actually, a, I mean that so, Calgary game, like I said, and and there on, I mean, you know, there's been yeah. a little bad things, so, but a lot, a lot of the goals that have gone through, I wouldn't the vast majority, I would not say were bad goals. Yeah,
0: not like what he was suffering at is you right. know when you're when you're uh, when your save percentage is hanging at eight seven five forever, that means you played. Kind of rough for quite a while to take forever to catch up again, so these last three or four games he's been just totally fine. I thought to the point like, okay, he's got his confidence back. Now go ahead and throw in your technically your backup in. Let's see what he can do before he gets all rusty sitting over there on the bench for sixth rate or whatever. So I'd like to see Treader play more, but he he could become available in a trade. He's pulling down what three five. This is you know backup tender. That's that's kind of already getting up there but he could be
2: worked in the deal. I don't know. Well, when you, when you get into coaching and who, you know, you're putting in your lineup and everything, when you've got your starting goalie that had two or three subpar performances, and then you bring out your, your, your backup, and he plays a fantastic game. And then the following week you put the same goalie that underperformed three games in a row, instead of maybe, letting trigger have two games in a row, not back to backs, but they were three or four days apart and seeing if he can repeat that performance just to make his street cred go up a little bit. Um, that kind of, you know, rubbed me the wrong way. I thought that that was a poor decision to, uh, to do that, but I know that it's, there's also politics
1: involved.
0: Well, there's that. And and I agree with you. And you know how I feel about Hackstall. uh, but I know he... That's another do you show. feel about a Hackstall, Jim? <laughs> well, every, I think most people know uh, how I feel about geez. him. But he's chatting it up with his goaltending coach, and there's other people helping him on that decision. But still, he has the ultimate decision on that. And uh, I don't know. He Hackstall does some bizarre shit, so I don't know. Did, did
1: we have another email? We do. It has nothing... Oh. Yes, it has something to do with something we touched on, but more outside the... Guys, oh. what are the places... Uh, we recommend to do pregame. What are some good places around the, and and whatever. None of these places are sponsors. It doesn't matter. We can give our reviews or whatever we want uh with, with all due respect to uh, Silver City and Mojito and the Angry Beaver. Places around the arena. Where does Kraken Fancast like to go before they go into the game? Now, all three of us like to some of them go in the arena early and kind of settle in and hang out and everything. But we do, we do hit some places. And you know, Jim, you said the other day, you know, what we did in the Bruins game was uh, relatively new. I mean, there were—it's funny. There are two Irish places in 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 uh, Queen Anne. One that's been there for like decades, uh, T.S. McHugh's, which is a fine, solid place. But we went to this new place, Caird Public House, over on uh, Roy. Well, I guess the address is actually on Fifth Avenue, but Fifth and Rory. and yeah, that's kind of a new place. And we dug it. You know, got, they got some—they got some good space there. The food—food's decent, good. Good beer and soda and everything. Good service. Yeah.
0: Really good service. They have a nice back room there with a pool table. Then they have a carpentry piece to drop over the top of the big pool table for a nice big table. Yeah. If you're having a little party
1: there or something, it works well. Yeah. It's
0: clean and it's uh, you know, it's a little walk, but it's no big deal. Um, I was I was happy with that. I'd definitely go back there. I've been to Chris, help me out here because you you know the QA district better than I. The Mexican restaurant to the east,
1: Plaza Garibaldi. So, yes, the cool thing about that now, I wouldn't say that place, yeah, you're right. So, full, full disclosure, I, I live in the Queen area, so I know all these places pretty well. But, you know, the little trick is where can you go that's good, but it's going to be a little out of the radar where it's just not mobbed? For instance, and I say this with all due respect, I would say if it's crowded, it means it's doing something right. But Buckley's, which is a long time place in Queen Anne. I, I've lost. I, I've gone by. as a line out the door. Aussies, you know, certain bars, right? Like Macquens too. I mean, you know, good. You know, pregame, maybe the postgame, not as bad, but but pregame, those places get jammed. Uh, I haven't even bothered going There's this place uh, that's relatively, I think it's only three or like four years old, but it's right across from the arena, uh, uh, Queen Anne Hop House or something like that. It's called Uptown Uptown Hop House. I'm sure that place is Jim. It's like a a stone stroke from there. I don't even bother with that. So what are those places? And so to your point, Jim, uh, you know, there are some places, other Mexican places I think are better in the area, but Agave, it's right by the arena. Clarence of Garibaldi's a little bit closer toward Belltown. It's in Queen Anne. It's not quite at Denny, but near Denny. And it seems to, you know, be, you know, it, it, it was crowded but you could get a seat in there if you you know you don't have to go crazy early to get a seat and it's and it's so decent the people are nice there
0: isn't it only about a block and a half from the south east corner or southwest corner roughly
1: yeah it's not that fr- well it's not yeah you're right but yeah. it's, i just doesn't seem like because i think a lot of people park north i don't know why right. but the places yeah, it, right by denny don't seem to get as you know or you know queen Anne beer hall it's kind of gym but that's like massive that's another place yeah. on to before and that's a good place too but at least that place is so massive that it's tough to fill up but right although opening night was something down there wasn't it yeah sure
0: but um i had gone on your guys recommendation to uh, we, and we it was a saturday game i believe and i was with my ride and the, so they bring their kids and uh i said hey let's go here i've heard it's good and you're right and it was a little bit early and there was hardly anybody in there we got in there and sat down but you know who the first person i saw when we sat down was who was that
1: you todd with one d like oh the one of uh, the the master of the of the whole uh, operation wow
0: yeah <laughs> it was so bizarre because there was hardly anybody in there because it was early enough we sit down and of course we're wearing cracking gear and stuff like that and he saw the kids and i looked at him and I go oh my god it's todd and i said hey todd how's it going he turned around and of course, just like he's been doing during the whole pandemic with his fist bump and stuff, he's like reaching over the table, bumping all of us. And I thought it was so cool. And he was like, yeah, just enjoying the game, you know? So that was cool.
1: I, I can't think of anybody uh, of, of that level of a, of a team. I mean, we don't see Jerry Bruckenheimer and David Bonderman out and around no. and everything, but, but Todd leads that team. I can't think of one in any of the the top four or five sports is like more accessible. Like I I see him out and about, I've met Todd a number of times. I think he remembers me and we have, I actually have a couple of mutual friends with him. And then I have a good friend of mine is his wife uh, worked for Todd uh, was an assistant for Todd when he was with the Seahawks years ago. But that's the thing I've heard even before he got on this team, like what a likable down to earth guy, so fan friendly. And he really, you know, yeah, I, I'm so touched. So I I'm surprised, but not surprised. You just bump into them in some little Rex and restaurant around the corner.
0: Yeah. So those are the ones that, and T.S. McHugh's, of course would gone there a couple of times. Those are like my, for a guy that travels from the South, you know, Tacoma area, I I'm just happy to have enough time to stop at places like that pregame where somebody like you, you know, you're around the district all the time. So I I'm happy and I'm willing to try a couple more. And, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd
1: on. recommend some other play. I mean, there are, there's, it's, it's Wonderful to see because after the Sonics left, my God, it, you know, I just, I mean, all the places survived, but it just, you know, even though there are concerts and other things that went on at Wokey yeah. Arena, and that's fine and all, but it just, you could just tell just business, just the whole energy of yeah. this, the whole area just died. And now it's just been so uplifted. And there are some new places opening up. There's, you know, a couple of places on the east side of Queen Anne that just opened up here, being one of them. And there's another place called Bad Bar around the corner um i think there are a couple of other places that are about to open i don't know the names of them but i see places you know getting worked on uh and then you've you know you have got some you know tried and trues there and stuff and you know a little bars. uh sally limon is, is a good mexican place right by there on mercer street uh you've got uh you know the streamline bar which over, over on Roy Street and, and all I mean it's funny like a lot of places they're not they're obviously not sports places like it's this place right. solo or it's a place right near the, in the my corner uh called um the sitting room it's just like this little loungy place but you know you but, see crack and jury because they just want to get in so sometimes I will give people a, a tip that it's fine to go to those places you would normally think of well let's go to some sporty place. But if you're going to get like a bite to eat that's going to be cheaper than the arena and something that's comfortable and good and everything, think of those places that are maybe a little out of the radar, a little bit different style. You'll probably get 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 seated and have a, you know, a a, a good experience beforehand. Yeah, Nathan.
2: Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um next year I'll have season tickets, so the way I was trying to do it and splitting them up with um, Another guy is I'll probably generally only go weekend games if I can, as much as I can anyway, which will make me more available to meet up with you guys for, you know, pregame festivities and whatnot. But for those of you that listen that don't know, I am a huge foodie. When my wife plan vacations, first thing in my mind is not the hotel and things to do it. What the hell kind of food do they have around there? Number one thing that I think about when my wife had to go to Hawaii. I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going because I'm going to eat until I can't eat anymore. So I want to go to some of these places and maybe review them on here, you know, and let people know, hey, I had this at this place. Go check it out. Yeah, I spent $22 on it, but, you know, you can't get this at the arena, you know, fill up beforehand save your money, you know,
1: but when it comes to food, I'm there. I don't think I knew you were that much of a foodie. That's good to know. Oh, yeah.
2: dude, I, yeah,
0: I, I, I love he, food. He brought that out once on an early episode, I believe and I, I, and I, and I laughed when he said foodie because all I could do is like envision you with some instagram account with like all your foodie shit pictures <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, whatever there you go but I also I want to add on that you know obviously we've been talking about the restaurants and food and everything I just like the whole re- revitalization of the whole district you know yeah everybody's got neon signs in the windows and banners and everything just to help because it's a team there's 42 games every year you know when people get off that monorail it's loaded with fans and jerseys they walk express right through the food hall there um help me out what's it called
1: oh oh the uh, the the uh, armory?
0: uh yeah, armory. Yes, the armory yeah 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 i it's used to gonna, i'm disgusting. old so i call it the food circus because that's what we used to go before concerts. yeah well, was we was called the eat.
1: center house for a long time yeah.
0: yeah we used to go there before concerts when i was like 17 to 20 and uh people watch and eat food before we go into the shows but uh it's just totally revitalized the area, and I just love it. Even those lights around the trees, keep them up.
1: Oh yeah, those it's are just cool. been, it's been it's been really yeah. The whole atmosphere, whether you know, it's, it's cracking directly or indirectly affected. It it has. I mean, just Seattle Center is is looking better than it has in a while. Yeah, Um, just in general, and you're right. I mean, the amount of cracking flags that you see. In different restaurants and things, even a little Thai restaurant will have it up. You know, I mean, just all these places, they're really cracking crazy around there. And no matter how good or bad the team's doing, like people are really still into it. So, I mean, it's still beautiful to see. And, and I know we're all going to see also this team with next season or two seasons from now, whatever. When this team is great, oh my God, it's going to be like like a a wonderful circus. in time, but it already kind of is too. I mean, just seeing all the people walking around with, with cracking gear on, we're really blessed guys. It's just really, really really nice to see. Absolutely. Amen for all that. See, we're
0: not always
1: downers on this place. We are not exactly. (laughs) Anything else guys that we should touch on? I'm good. I'm okay. If you're okay and all good, I'm just going to mention the people to remember about our Patreon page. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for creators to get funding. Putting this podcast on takes some time and money. And so things like sponsorship and Patreon funding helps us keep doing what we're doing. You can go to patreon.com slash or krakenfancast.com slash Patreon. Make your way there and uh, contribute to our podcast. We have perks we got to get some more perks up there soon but anyway we, <laughs> when you subscribe you get some perks out of it and also just knowing that you're uh you're helping us keep doing our thing we hope you enjoy our podcast we enjoy putting it out there for you all and we uh, very very much appreciate all the support very much and all the generosity um also uh remember folks that uh, you can follow us on facebook facebook instagram and twitter our twitter handle is at cast kraken you can just go to kraken fan cast on facebook and instagram and find us there please subscribe to our youtube channel which we actually hadn't been using for a while and then we got on for a little brief time we ran into some technical difficulties unfortunately uh but we got to be on for a little bit when we were at McNamara's pub for our uh, fan watch and thanks to everybody who came to that that was a nice crowd out there cracking loss again that was, that was a calgary game right guys yeah the calgary right, correct yeah but it was a really, really nice time. Big, big thanks to McNamara's Pub in DuPont. Great staff, great place. Highly recommend it. And we'll be back there next season, I'm sure. We I look forward to it already. I think our next uh, fan cast watch party, though, we're going to kind of go full circle. We started it all off the Angry Beaver, and we're going to end it off at the Angry Beaver. Um, we'll let you know the date, but sometime in uh, March, I think we're looking late March, we're looking at. So uh, we'll be in touch on that uh you can always catch uh kraken fancast on spotify and apple podcasts as well as our own krakenfancast.com check that out to find all about all of us and what we do and uh you know all the uh 20 episodes are all on there so uh, we're really psyched that uh, this has been going on as long as it has and we uh, look forward to the future uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to discuss more Kraken game happenings among other topics Thanks very much to our producer, Jay Middleton, for all his great work, and for uh, Jim Carkle, Nathan Gunderson, Luke Chilios. We'll be back later. And uh, we thank you all much uh, for tuning in. And as always, we say go, go cracking. Crackin', crackin'. crackin'.